Hey everyone, Sean Paul Ellis here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you for listening, and before we start today's show, we have to tell you about a special project that we've been working on, and you can check it out right now for free. Myself, SMC co-host Dave Trumbor, and friends of the show Allison Keen and Alex Kazanis have put together a comic for you called Death Jr., what is Death Jr.? Think of it as part Charles Schultz's Peanuts comic strip, South Park, and a lot of morbid humor. We've had a blast with this, and you can read a new comic strip every weekday in January by going to our Twitter, at Death Junior Comics, on the web, DeathJuniorComics.com, and you can even check out our current Instagram, which has been taken over with Death Junior this month, at Saturday Morning Cartoons. We hope you enjoy it and share the hell out of it. Pun intended. Hey everyone, Sean and Dave here from Saturday Morning Cartoons. We cannot start this week's show, absolutely cannot start this week's show, until we thank the following people who went to Patreon.com to sponsor this show. Derek Haynes. Alex Kazanis. Jack Connolly. Jonathan Renteria Elie. Bill Dixon. The wonderful Melanie Harker. Dr. Jason Woods. Oh, the fantastic Allison Keene. The all right Jamal Newman. The so-so John Helter. Battle Matt Fitness. The wonderful David Trumbor. And the one and only Sean Paul Ellis. Hey, out there, if you guys want to be on this list or just want to know what's coming up next week on the show, check out patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons for more details. And remember, that's morning with a U. Thank you so much for sponsoring us. Thank you so much for listening. And now, on with the show. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from Cartoon Court, I'll be your presiding juror, Dave oh, Frumbor. No. Joining me as always, he's our judge, jury, and executioner, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, bud? Uh, David, David, David. I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? Oh, good, man. You got a promotion. You got a lot going on over there. Yeah, I'm basically Judge Dredd of this entire show right now, so like I'm it. pumped. Which was an animated series, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, am I, I was going to ask if I am the Adi Shankar, if I'm the Carl Urban, or if I'm the uh, Stallone. I'm going to leave that up to you. That's 100% okay. of Stallone. <laughs> I'm 100% Stallone. Probably the best. Yeah, because he violated... Yeah. Well, I no, I mean Carl Urban was great, but you know, Stallone just violated everything about the entire idea of Judge Dredd by removing his mask several times because you need to see that pretty face. Oh, chiseled. Chiseled from Stallone. Anyway. Speaking of pretty faces <laughs> We have as Dave mentioned, this is an extremely uh special episode that we have tonight. We have both co hosts of Law and Order Special Viewing Unit that are on the show tonight. Please welcome co host Tonight, Matt Reuter, as well as also co-host of Eve Rubenstein to the show. Welcome, guys. Hey, Sean. How you doing? <laughs> All right. Uh, thank you, Matt, for being here. No, oh, thank you for having us. And we greatly appreciate it. And thank you, Aviv, for being here. Uh, yep. Okay. Well, Perfect. this is... Man, a man of few great. words. <laughs> oh, I like it. Why didn't I pick it? I almost, I almost cut in. I, like, it took me Should've. all... But I was told... You told me not to. I did, but now I'm telling you you should have. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to the time machine. Yeah. 
We should have um, our own machine that we like travel around and do podcasts. Uh, is that a thing that people uh, do? Yeah. I believe so. There's a similar thing in this. It's just called a van, Dave. It's I just called, people just get in a van with all their equipment and they just travel and do podcasts in other cities. It is an inherently mobile medium. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Have you bolted all of your equipment like to a desk or a table or a chair somewhere, Dave? Yeah, I mean, they're on casters, but yeah. Oh, so you've got like a mobile cart. Picture, Basically. I, well, then roll it into the van and let's get going. I can picture Sean okay. like in a, in a moving van being like, David, 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 I'm coming to you live <laughs> from 495. I love that it's like a, a morning traffic yeah. report coupled with a cartoon podcast. I'm picturing you guys doing this basically in like the, the, uh, the traffic like helicopter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just, it's great for <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I can see that uh, everything down in uh, 495 is all Scooby-Doo'd up right now, Matt. Well, Chop, thanks for that update. (laughs) I hope that's the chopper sound coming from Aviv. I'm not 100% sure that it's safe for work. And then this is an audio podcast, so let's not... Let's not qualify any of these weird sounds that you hear, and let's leave it all up to the imagination of all these listeners. Everybody who's listening, we are, of course, talking about Scooby-Doo, Where Are You Tonight? Huh? Oh, my God. If you are not familiar with the history of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? It is an American animated mystery comedy television series produced by Hanna-Barbera. Produced for CBS, the series premiered as part of the network's Saturday morning schedule in September of 1969 and aired for two seasons until October of 1970. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? was the first incarnation of what would eventually become a long-running media franchise. Has anyone here not heard of Scooby-Doo? Like on this podcast, or are you throwing that out to the listeners? <laughs> no, if it's anywhere, a listener, it's everybody. Anywhere <laughs> the broadcast range of this helicopter. No, of no, course we're, not. I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah, we're we're all familiar. If you if you are listening right now and you're not familiar, turn this off. Yeah. Go watch an episode. They are freely available through every possible streaming source <laughs> that's out yeah, there. Watch like, it and then come I back. I feel like it is the probably the single most popular cartoon cartoon show of all, like the Amer- American yeah, cartoon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Like that, and maybe like the Flintstones and the Jetsons, which were also Hanna Barbera cartoons from this time. Like maybe Yogi Bear. Yeah, also a Hanna Barbera cartoon. Like this was like the hit parade from Hanna Barbera. This and maybe the Flintstones and the Jetsons, and you know th- those are all uh, those are all Hanna Barbera cartoons. So like, and I don't know. This is not the the. This is not the hottest take in the world, but like Hanna Barbera really owned like primetime cartoons. Oh, this was Saturday morning, right? This, this was Saturday, Saturday morning so as well, yes. Really owned cartoons with laugh tracks in the late 60s and early 70s. Boy, Oof. did they. Yeah. Hey, as long as he didn't say Yogi Bear, because whoever would suggest that is just like completely out of it. And I don't know who. Right. Well, I, was waiting for asshole him would to, say that. I was waiting for him to cut back in again with the Yogi Bear, but. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Nice. Uh, hey, so everybody knows Scooby-Doo, right? We've already kind of established that. Correct. So why this particular episode we're talking about tonight? What was it for you guys? If you haven't picked up on this now, we're doing a crossover special. <laughs> uh, you may have seen this uh, in a TV series somewhere along the line. We are doing a podcast crossover special. This is Scooby-Doo SVU, bringing to our listeners out there. First time ever. Gunk Hopefully gunk. you like it. We're going to have some fun with it. 
Uh, so what was it about this episode that made you guys want to talk about it? I heard that there was a certain character named a certain thing. We got, probably got to get it out of the way uh, early. There's a character named Max the Midget, which is not the best mm. word to use. Um, no, no, but, it's not. But what? So there's, you know, they deal, uh, SVU deals with children and, and, uh, and sex crimes. And there's like a little bit of both in this. So uh, with the circus. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he's not wrong. So like the, the, the rough plot of this involves hypnosis. Is that too much of a spoiler to say? No, no, no. no Here, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. I'll give you the quick yeah. synopsis that we have, the official one. The official Hanna-Barbera synopsis for uh, Bedlam in the Big Top, which is the 10th episode from season one. In this episode, the gang stumbles upon a circus that is supposedly haunted by a ghost clown that starts to hypnotize some of them with a gold coin. So I wrongly assumed that this was a prequel to the movie It. It's a <laughs> And that's why I, I picked this episode. I wrongly assumed this was the, the genesis of the gathering of the Juggalos. <laughs> I, I don't Ooh, think I that's like a wrong so, assumption. The entire time I was trying to figure out if this is Shaggy 2 Dope or Violent J. I had no idea, but there were just signs of psychopathic records throughout this entire episode. It was crazy. I actually watched it on mute with ICP just blasting in the background. It made a lot more sense. It was kind of like a Wizard of Oz and uh, fucking Dark Side of the Moon scenario. You got to play Great Malenko backwards and it syncs up perfectly with this. It did. It yeah. really did. It's yeah. And when you get to the end, the, the fifth Joker card drops and then it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. So hang in, it's gonna be a rough ride. Leonard Guys, Bernstein. if you have no idea what we're talking, if you everybody, if you have no idea what we're talking about about Insane Clown Posse, do not pause to go Google what is Insane just Clown buy Posse. Some Fago and listen to the rest of the episode. We're fine. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, just don't worry about it. You're you're already you're already leaps and bounds beyond where you should be as a human at that point anyway. So don't worry. Oh man, so I, I wanted to I wanted to ask before we start getting into and talking about uh, theme song, animation, and characters. Um, I'm very curious to know. Uh, Matt, did you have any specific touch points with uh, Scooby-Doo growing up? Is this something that you you watched when you were younger that you were familiar with? Yeah, it is, actually. Um, I, I don't have any particular episode that I'm like, oh, I remember this one was, was so great or whatever like that. But I do remember watching it as a kid. And I mean, it's 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 so incredibly formulaic, obviously, uh, watching it as, as an, again as an Unlike adult SVU. being like, wow. Unlike SVU, um, which is not formulaic at all. But no, like I, I just remember really liking Scoop, and I couldn't specifically tell you why. But even watching it again uh, to come on tonight, I remember just like watching it, just like just like a big dopey grin on my face, being like, "Why is this so fucking entertaining?" But for whatever reason, it is, and it's one of those like weird kind of indescribable things, like that that sense of nostalgia you get while watching it. I remember loving it as a kid. Like I was never like a, a big like Hardy Boys fan or anything like that but for whatever reason scooby-doo really worked for me like something about like the mystery element of it i think i gravitated towards although this was really the only thing in that genre that that did that for me um I, I don't, maybe it was the dog i don't know but something something about it just kind of clicked well no but okay but that combines dog with mystery oh, okay. solving that's that's more it's a heck of a yeah exactly um but no i i loved scooby-doo uh, I think even whenever they made like that god awful like live action remake in the, was the early two thousands, Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince Sarah Jr. Michelle Geller. and Matt and uh, Matthew That's Lillard. Matthew Lillard and fell in love. I think it is actually. 
Um, but I even saw that. I don't know why, because it was probably way out of the age range for uh, something like that. Nah, but uh... <laughs> but Aviv, I wanted to ask you the the same question that I so, gave Matt. So Go ahead. I, to, on on what Matt said, did you know this is a little bit of trivia? Did you know that the live action Scooby Doo remake was supposed to be like a gritty, more adult reboot of Scooby Doo? It was like it was like supposed to be like a real mystery, potentially rated R. And the it was like a Michael Mann yeah, film, like, it's like he, four and a half he, hours, just really Scooby gritty. Doo. And and so it takes place in L.A. They, uh, they like got like halfway through production or so, and the producers are like, "What in the fuck are we doing?" And like, <laughs> they were like, "We need to fix this and make it for kids again." So that's just a little little nugget of triv. And then they made a second yeah. one. Um, oh, my yeah. history with Scooby Doo is I wasn't allowed to watch Scooby Doo as a kid because Casey Kasem is Arab. What? <laughs> what's kidding. what's that now? And uh, okay, good. You never know. Yeah, these right. Days. So oh. uh, that's a that's a layered joke. Uh, my parents are Israeli, and Casey Kasem played Shaggy. Um, I watched Scooby Doo a lot, and and I, for whatever reason, liked. I know what the reason is actually liked the kind of new adventures of scooby-doo more the ones that came out in the 90s um and it had them as as like younger they're like kids or whatever um oh yeah pup named a pup named scooby-doo and um i liked that one better because it had more songs and i liked kind of the 50s 60s 70s kind of doo-woppy poppy song like you know the sugar sugar or whatever um and i Till, till to this day remember uh the lyrics to one of the songs to a pop name is that your way of getting us to ask you to sing i'm not it? gonna sing it because that's weird and like oh, but i i can recite bummer. the lyrics to you. we need to do a musical all musical love podcast it. love episode. it well so you can come back for that uh, sean was giving us a real good rendition of uh of a theme song earlier he was. It was really uh, good. No, the lyrics are: uh, "Here comes the Ice Man. He's trying to freeze the crew. He's not a nice man. He'll, his touch will turn you blue." And like, it has been twenty years since I saw yep. that episode of TV, and I only saw it once. And for whatever reason, like, I I super remember it. Wow. Yeah, I'm fucking weird. Sorry. <laughs> no. Yo, you're hey. In the right place. <laughs> this is, we have the same <laughs> conversation every week for a different show. So. Dave, you watched Scooby-Doo as well growing up, too, I, I correct? Was it a pup named Scooby-Doo, or was it some other variation? I definitely watched pup named Scooby-Doo, and I'm kind of with Aviv. I actually liked that cartoon quite a bit more than I probably should have for, like, the age range at the time. But I think for, like, classic vanilla-flavored Scooby-Doo, like, everybody, every kid has to watch that. Yeah. You just have to. Like, it's it's kind of, like, always on. It's like Looney Tunes, right? It's, it's always on somewhere. Or SVU. You can always find an episode of it somewhere at any given time. I mean, the episode we watched tonight is almost 50 years old. But to Matt's point, like, it still holds up. It's still fun to watch. For me, I was never super into, like, the mystery aspect of it because, as you'll see with things tonight, they don't really give you enough to, <laughs> to solve anything or make you feel like you did anything, like, constructive. It's just like, oh, it's that guy. Um, so that part was never, I don't know. This was kind of just like a comfort cartoon. It's just kind of on in the background and, it could play for a couple hours, and I would sort of pay attention to it, but not be like super invested in it. Uh, at least not until Scrappy showed up, and then I was all in with Scrappy Man. Oh, Scrappy's yeah. like 
the best character ever created for anything ever pro scrappy in the world i am anti-scrappy oh okay. i am pro scrapple murdered him in the movies um i um i agree and it's a, it's a different kind of silliness than we get in cartoons today it's like you know very of its time i mean cartoons are clearly still silly what's interesting is every villain after the 1960s was actually scrappy just in another <laughs> human disguise <laughs> oh, like, God. Someone like in, a robot oh uh, yeah Oh, and that's God. an actual thing that happened, which is that's a real mind fuck, uh, guys. I want to ask: Do you know uh, who actually created Scooby Doo? Was it not Hanna Barbera? Uh, I knew it, it was based off of a, a radio program. Well, it was uh, it was created by two writers who created the original Scooby Doo. <gasps> two writers uh, were the original. Uh, they created the original Scooby Doo series uh, for Hanna Barbera. Everybody should know them. They are pretty well-known names around this show. It's Joe Ruby and Ken Spears. Oh, Joe Ruby, yeah, the Ruby Ken Spears, Spears bros. This was done by Ruby Spears. Makes sense. Created the original Scooby-Doo character. So it was not a radio. Was it a radio program like Matt mentioned? I thought the characters were. I, I read somewhere because uh, I did a little bit of research before I came on that there was a couple different iterations. Or uh, there was like in its infancy, at least the original um, iterations of it. It was based off of a radio program called. Hold on, I've got the. That would here. make sense for like Doo-doo. like the old timey radio kind of mystery hour kind of thing. Yeah. I could see that kind of growing out of it, but then going into like the cartoony direction and being more for kids. That would make sense. I wouldn't be surprised by that. Yeah, the uh, the radio show that I have it's uh, it was based on a radio show called uh, quote I love a mystery end quote and the other original titles for this was Who's Scared and also Mysteries Five. My God, you guys, how? So I had Mysteries Five was the original title of uh, of the show that they had originally created. Uh, with the dog who then later became Scooby. Yes. That's like, much better than, than what Rescue... What was, that? What was it? Rescue Oh, four. Emergency 4? Emergency plus 4? But no, that's... Uh, guys, don't you want to go back to like the 1940s or 50s where you really didn't have to try hard and you could just come up with a show title called like, Isn't it a mystery? <laughs> Done. You're hired. Yeah. Here's a thousand gold coins. I don't know how money works um no, that, that, that I, was valid i think you'd become frustrated with yourself within about 30 seconds dave because you'd have all these great ideas and people would be like that's it we're gonna go run with them success and you'd just be like well now i gotta come up with more stuff yeah, yeah you're like that's much less preferable than what's happening today. <laughs> everything you touch turns to gold and what kind of life is that oh it's the worst <laughs> uh it's old dave midas touch trombor that's what they call me uh, let's get into this one. You got? You have any more before we get into like the normal discussion? So I was gonna say I, I think the the most notable thing or the most memorable thing for me yeah, yeah. will help segue into what we're doing, which is the theme song of this Woo! show. Uh, this theme song is unbelievably iconic. Yeah. There are are so many pros, uh, maybe uh, maybe a little bit of con uh, to to watching this. And so, but I want to turn this over first to Matt. I want to get your impressions on the Scooby Doo theme song. I love it. I watched this episode a couple days ago for the first time to, to come on here, and the theme song has been stuck in my head for the past couple days. Like it's just been on loop in my head, and I'm starting to kind of go insane actually uh, from it. But it's fucking. Fan- it's like it's because it, this is for the the Scooby Doo. Where are you now? The other theme songs they were all slightly different. I don't really remember them, but the original theme song that was for this episode is fucking fantastic because they're right. all different. Correct? If I'm not 
if not yeah yeah a pub named scooby-doo yeah. and then well, sure. any any scooby-doo variant has had its own theme music for it yeah it does very feel very like of the time like late 60s early 70s kind of I don't know, do happy something like no no i i think that this is one of those rare instances where the the era that this came out the the music and the tone they all really come to like a confluence and fit so well together that it, it's almost insane yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. it's it's just it's so funny like it feels very much like you could almost make it like a i feel like the person that wrote the theme song for this also was probably really good at writing like uh like commercial jingles because oh, sure. it's really good at just yeah. being like infecting your head and like not going anywhere. It is really it is a hundred percent an earworm. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, also, I think what helps that is they play it again over the credits, so they have like yes. A, it's, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a thing that has multiple verses, and you hear it twice in a half an hour, and it's and yeah. it's infectious because it's good, but it's also infectious because you hear it like three times. um and i love it it's yeah it god i can't i can't expound upon that anymore other than the fact that i for only having 25 episodes of where are you that might be the most iconic thing about the show other than perhaps the way that scooby talks dave what about you thoughts about the theme song no i mean you guys said it best i think this is one that the theme song itself it just speaks for itself everybody knows it and if you don't, as soon as you hear it, you probably love it and will never forget it. I think it's just, it's one of the better theme songs that's out there. Because it, it just, <clears throat> it describes so much about the show itself. And yeah, it just speaks for itself. And also, what about you, bud? Yeah, good. And also to call back to the other, to the other Hanna-Barbera cartoons, I think that that's a part of all of, all of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons of this era. They have really iconic theme songs. You can sing Jetsons, you can sing Flintstones, um, can't sing Yogi Bear. Nope. Yeah, you know that, that that fantastic theme song that we reviewed a couple episodes ago for Super Friends. That was a uh, very catchy and quite the earworm. I'm kidding. It was it was bad. <laughs> it was very very weird. It's got nothing on Spawn. It's got nothing on Spawn. Uh, <laughs> so I, I had a couple thoughts about this theme song. I mean, obviously, when we this is sort of a uh, a hybrid theme song. So there is what feels like some dedicated animation that they have that's specifically for this theme song that I'll talk about in a second. But a lot of this is made up of like cuts of different like actual in episode animation pieces that they have where it's it's a lot of uh, actionable moments where people are are moving, it's very kinetic. Uh, but the thing that kind of really registers in my brain that makes this so iconic is the bat noise that they oh, have that's yeah. at the beginning. Yes. That that brings you into it and sort of like that spooky mansion. And so it's that bat sound, the spooky kind of like castle mansion in the background and the sort of like the, the smoke that comes yeah. up. Mm-hmm. And, and that always that always set the tone for me that like I was like, oh, I'm about to enter into some Scooby and or do right now. Like this is this is happening. Possibly a doobie. <laughs> no. What? Uh, so that, that always that always really brought me in. It was the thing that I guess further kind of brought me in that I would have always loved to have seen in the actual episodes is that they have these moments where there's like a reveal of a villain where they go to these like still shots and then they punch in on that still shot. And now we, we've seen a lot of other animators and, and, and people do this like John Craig Falusi with Ren and Stimpy uh, used to do a great job with, uh, with being able to show like a very detailed still shot and then either a pan or like a punch in to show some of the, the, the gory, gruesome detail that was in it. 
and they're and they are just as gross as you think they are right now because it's think about every pimple crust booger anything that was available on either of those titular characters and it, it's it's gross and so to see that and i guess maybe the they have that robot scene that's in the theme song where scooby's in the barrel he hits somebody the top of the barrel comes off and it's that like kind of robot looking sentinel thing for some reason that punch in on that character in my brain is one of those things that i'm always just like i i, I will never forget that moment from this theme song I also had a couple other weird ideas because you only really get an intro in terms of Scooby-Doo and who he is. You have no idea who these other four... Hangers-on are. You have no idea who these other these other four teens are that just happen to be around this cool dog all the time. And so I actually went back and I watched the theme song, uh, as I know you were joking earlier, just watching the show on mute. And I watched it on mute to see what my takeaway was. And obviously I, I'm, you know, I, I have knowledge of Scooby-Doo, so it's hard to be uh, unbiased about this. But my immediate thought was, who are these teens? Why is there a group of creeps? And this dog is eating food that no dog should eat. Somebody <laughs> please call a vet. And, and all of these things together, you know, without any context, if maybe this is the first time you're ever watching Scooby-Doo, I would love to get somebody's reaction to this. But I think for everybody else, we just know it as that iconic theme song that we love so much. Let me ask you this, bud. What do you think about what's more iconic? Kind of the, the look of this thing and the animation style, the Hanna-Barbera style, like their house style, if you want to call it that? Sure. Or the music and kind of the theme song? What I, 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 think, it's, I think it's impossible okay. to uncouple those because they do such a weird job especially in this episode of having the music remain consistent and underneath everything and i don't remember that in the jetsons or the flintstones but i think scooby-doo does a great job of it even within the first scene there's a weird slide whistle and then like two scenes later on they have horns and then in another scene later they have just a random accordion that's playing oh yeah and there's and strings throughout the whole thing too i yeah, was really and, focusing on that just like the arrangement and the orchestration for it which was nuts yeah and so i i, I think it's hard for scooby-doo in particular to to not talk about one without the other i mean i think that they're just so closely married in this that it's that's what makes this so fun is that it never kind of feels like there's a, a weird dull moment there's always some interstitial whether it's like people walking you know or, or people using navigational language un like to an extreme that you're just like please shut up characters like i don't need you to talk anymore uh or the actual music filling in some of those gaps where action could be there and so i i, I love i love watching this show for that reason how about our guests uh matt do you have any anything that kind of stands out to you what do you think of when you think of the animation style like a scooby-doo what are the first couple I mean, of tropes that come to mind I, it's the the animation style of I guess it's not just this one I guess it's all kind of the Hanna Barbera cartoons it's the the limited animation where it's just like if it doesn't have to move it ain't fucking moving <laughs> so it's just like they just move like wooden boards with like moving legs and it's like really again like it's 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 I mean especially when you compare it to like modern day cartoons like it's fucking terrible but there's something about watching you're like this is it's just weird looking and it's fucking great like I love it so much. Like, it's just, it's all, it's like really off-putting, but because you're just like, you're watching, you're like, something about this does not look at all natural. Like, it's because, <laughs> like, people don't move like this, and yet it's still just like, the, the color palettes that they use, the kind of like graininess mm -hmm. of it, since it's it's from the, the 60s, and the, or the late 60s, early 70s, right. like, 
it's it's fucking iconic and it's been i'm sure parodied in any number of other things like hell i can remember fucking uh like an an snl episode from within the past like five ten years where they literally did like a scooby-doo parody it's like the show came out in 1969 like it's still just this, this touchstone that has just survived for such a long time and i think the style is part of it supernatural is going to do a full episode with scooby-doo coming stop up sometime it. later no shit stop really it. Yeah. stop it supernatural is still on the air <laughs> yeah after like 10 seasons we are stopping this podcast and we're becoming a supernatural podcast Done. where we're just going to rate and review and talk about how much we love supernatural fine with that yeah the I'm... guys are getting animated they're joining scooby-doo I, we haven't seen anything for it we don't know any details really we don't even have a date yet but, are the harlem uh, globetrotters going to show up too what's that Fing- fingers crossed the harlem fingers. globetrotters are they showing up too fingers crossed oh my God. fingers crossed aviv anything from you about the specific animation for scooby-doo yeah, so so the thing that really um, bothers me slash is indicative of the era to me is kind of like what Matt was saying, where if it's not, if it doesn't need to move, it's not moving, and how the characters feel very separate from the background. Um, and like they will, once a, when a, if a character interacts with the floorboard, the floorboard suddenly changes colors because it was originally like a background floorboard, and now it's like a, now it's a prop. And so that's something that, that always used to bother me and, and tear down the kind of artifice when I was a kid. I didn't use the word artifice, but also now it's something that I've come to really like. If I've learned anything from playing Legend of Zelda video games, it's that when you see that discolored area, <laughs> you lay a bomb down. Yep. And Every it, time. And it opens up, and chances are it's either uh, it's either weapons or, or rupees. So always a good thing there were moments where i was watching this where i was like oh they should just put a bomb down they can find a whole treasure chest i mean shit in there when uh when i was uh, about the animation stuff, when i was doing some of my research i i think the the official title at least at least that i found uh was it was called it's called limited animation and it's actually kind of innovative at the time for hanna-barbera because it greatly caught uh cut down on the cost of production yeah, right. and the ability to actually speed it up which is why it was basically it was a necessity thing, which I mean, it's, it's kind of jokey to look at it now because like while their legs are moving, you see like the bodies are kind of just like bobbing up and down. So it's clearly someone in front of a camera literally just like doing this with the with the just, just moving, just moving it back and forth. Yeah. Just so they, DJing it. I mean, I just like it, it's funny. Like we think back on it. We're like, oh, it's just a weird style. But it's like, no, no, no there, there was a reason they were doing this is because they had to churn these out as quickly and cheaply as possible. And it's 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 fun. I don't know. I like it. So. To your point, Matt, the the thing that always surprises me about a lot of this early uh, HB animation is the the lack of colored eyes oh, that yeah. are characters. <laughs> they they don't have. And again, we've I, I know I've mentioned Super Friends for this, but again, it was it was a touch point that we've had in a recent episode, and so it, it's something where having no whites of their eyes, and, and which is weird, which is a Creepy weird thing eyes. to see. Well, the the crazy thing is, is that you see Scooby with the whites of his eyes a majority of the time. And there is one scene in particular in this episode where suddenly Daphne goes from not having any whites into her eyes to getting hypnotized and suddenly having whites of her eyes and being all cross-eyed, googly-eyed, which was super fun. She was super cute in that moment. Super cute, guys. So, but it's just, it was... It was weird and off-putting, and, and, and it was everybody. It was everybody, every adult human 
in or even child human any human that's in this show for some reason with the exception of scooby-doo for some reason they were just like we have limited amounts of white just put it all in the dog's eye i wonder yeah i wonder if it's like they they drew it up and they just looked at the dog with no whites (laughs) in the eyes and like that looks fucking creepy we can't we can't this is a kid's show we can't do that the 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 humans whatever they'll get over that but like having a great big giant great dane with just like cold black shark's eyes that might freak the fucking kids out. We can't do this. So I just want to compare this to the Max Fleischer animations of like the 40s. Mm, so I'm sure that you right. talked about it on the podcast, but like the original kind of Superman cartoons were drawn by the student named Max Fleischer, and they used to do 24 or close to 24 frames per second stereo rotoscope. So they used to do tw- like 24 or close to 24 frames a second. They used to do this thing called stereo rotoscope where uh, right. they would film an actor doing that doing the thing and then they would paint over it um and that is was completely untenable and they had to like cancel all of his cartoons because you know he's taking months and months and months to do a superman cartoon and so this is like a really uh this is a, a, a they cut costs almost too much where they're just like no white <laughs> i like it i think it's like it's endearing no <laughs> I mean, we, we, we've talked a lot on this show about sort of jank animation and, and we, we keep defining this as the idea of like, you know, when you when you storyboard something, you create these keyframes and then you, you fill in everything in between in order to, to have a fluid motion. Otherwise, you just have a series of these keyframes, which I think is almost probably the best example is at the very end of the theme song where the entire gang is looking in a book. And then they do almost like a jump scare and their heads like look up at you like, ah, like, whoa, I didn't realize I I was watching Insidious. Like, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's creepy. And so they do that. They do that a lot in this. And I, I, Sean, to to be fair, that book was the Necronomicon. So, (laughs) you know, really, they were. Scooby-Doo versus Ash versus versus the Evil Dead versus Supernatural. After that, of that joke, to be fair, Sean, that book was the Babadook. Oh, That's there you good. go. That works okay. too. All That's right. Good. Um, I'm trying oh, to nice. figure, I'm okay. trying to to research right now to see how many frames per second the Scooby Doo. Um, one. Yeah, one. Uh, I my guess is that it's <laughs> that it's twelve because that's kind of what the what the style was in those days. Twelve frames per second, yeah. as opposed to twenty four, which was for the Fleischer. So literally, they're doing half the amount of work. Less than half, yeah. if you count. The Plus, sure. they, they also used <clears throat> they used a lot of like reused animation, yeah, I, right? So if you watch any any two Scooby Doo episodes, you will see the Mystery Machine going both left and right against the same background <laughs> any number of times. Yeah. So trees, it's, it's, they, yeah, just trees and like random swampy forest area. It's always the same, even, and that saves them a good three four seconds. Every they time. even did it within this episode where they like repeated yeah. a shot. I love it. I, I think these are all great ideas about the the animation, uh, great observations. Uh, I wanted to check and see. We've got a core group of five characters that are here. I, 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 these are all well-known, beloved characters. I, I don't think we need to dig down deep into any of them. Are, are there any any notes that you guys have, or any memorable characters, anybody that you're just like, I love this character? So I, I will just say for this particular episode, you know, it was early in this season. Right, it was only episode right. ten. Ten. I didn't get a sense of like what specifically any of these characters were supposed to represent, as far as like their archetypes or anything. Now, obviously, as the show goes on, and based on what happens to them and what they do, um, 
you learn kind of like all the pieces that they play. So with the exception of like stoner, hungry, shaggy, and just like Scooby, there wasn't really anything to define what these characters did. None of them were particularly heroic or particularly smart or particularly dumb or in distress. None of them, they just kind of wandered through this thing. So for this particular episode, nah, there wasn't really any character moments from our core group that stood out. Some other ones did. We'll talk about them in a second, but abuse them. Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple couple of things. I I do I completely agree with you. I think that the only other character that has even the remote uh a remote inkling of who they kind of become in the culture is Daphne because she like mm. at one point in the episode wears some some skimpy outfit and so like Daphne is like the sex pot of the group, which is kind of weird. I have so many issues with what Me went too. down and how oh, it all t- happened. Tons. But we'll get there. Um, but also, so I remember, uh, I remember Velma always being my favorite, and Same. and uh, I Same. remember that comedy, not Comedy Central, Cartoon Network used to run this ad that was like Velma was the center of the cartoon universe, and everyone is somehow connected to Velma, and it hmm. was like six degrees of separation, but like it always led back to Velma. Right. And uh, interestingly enough, I find that true in my life because the person that plays Velma right now. On the new Scooby Doo series, her name is Kate Micucci, and I and oh, yeah. I met her. And I, oh yeah. yeah. How, about, How that? about that? I texted her this morning. She gave me her number at the on that time, and I texted her this morning to. It's a long story. Uh, you buried the shit out of the. It was. On that it's. One, a, I didn't though. So so she gave me. Um, so we took a picture together, and she asked me to text it to her. And so she gave me her number to text her the picture. And then she classic Makuchi movie. Classic Makuch. And so she uh gave me tickets to her show and like, you know, it was fine. This was like three years ago, four year four and a half years ago. And uh That's I awesome. texted her today to be like, I'm doing this podcast today. Uh, do you have anything to say about being Velma? And she has not gotten back to me. I was gonna say, not do you want to be on this podcast today? Well, I didn't want to give you the, uh, the whole new new phone yeah, yeah, who dis. Yeah, now I hear you. She was like, "I'm too busy recording VO for Ducktales well, right now. She's Talk to you later." Recording VO for Scooby Doo. She posted on Instagram. I'm not a stalker. Um, <laughs> that, that she... I I follow Kate Micucci yeah. as well. She is delightful. Yeah. Awesome. I'm surprised she didn't give you the, the, the new phone who dis whenever if it was from three years ago. I like I can read you the text that I sent. There's, there's still time. I can read No no no, 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 no we're good. No, right. no, we, so we, we just the that. number of Kate Micucci's phone all year. So Dave, myself, Aviv, we all uh like Velma yes. as uh, as a main character. Matt, we haven't we didn't hear yeah. you confer in Yogi that Bear's moment. Is there yeah, Yogi Bear's uh, oh, not in this. Shit, I think I watched the wrong show. There. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I like Shaggy as much as it's fucking dumb to like Shaggy because he's like just the the coward who like always has no idea what's going on around him. Um, I'd say Scooby, but it's like, I, you know, because who doesn't love like a, a a dog like such a lovable dog like that? Uh, but they, the weird thing is like, uh, so, is it ever established who, who's the owner of? Scooby, or just you know what I'm saying? Where's it like? Because it seems like Shaggy and Scooby are always together, so right. you would assume that Scooby is Shaggy's dog. Is that ever really established in this? Scooby I mean, do you is know? a sentient being, <laughs> he, he knows language, and it's true, and he can express himself. Therefore, no one is his owner. Abraham Lincoln, 
1863. Oh, boy. Oh, Dave. Oh. Have Scooby and Astro ever gotten together? No, because they're voiced by the same person. Has there ever been a... That doesn't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. <laughs> it would be too similar. You can't have them talking to each other. think it's like, like a, a collision of dimensions or something? Like that's going to create... It's, basically, it's, the, it's the original counterpart. Has, has Matt Reuter from the podcast... <laughs> And Matt Reuter, the human being, ever gotten together in the same room? No, Dave. They're clearly voiced by the same person. You can't prove it. It's an audio medium. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You can't prove it across space and time. No, I don't know if there's a crossover where Scooby and Astro. There is. There is, a, the there is a crossover <laughs> where Scooby meets Astro. Okay. I like it. I like it a lot. Because I feel like they're the only two that speak each other's language. They're from I, different they times. How English. would this even work? They, they speak... Well, Oh, there could be uh, what was that? What was that one character on the Flintstone was or that or in the Jetsons? Was it Gazook who could like time travel? Yeah, yeah the little pocket dude. Yeah, yeah the little pocket also, dude. So I mean, you know. Also, there is a theory that the Jetsons and the Flintstones take place at the same time, but the Flintstones are like in a post-apocalyptic hellscape on Earth that is back into the the Stone Age with the where dinosaurs yeah came where back. dinosaurs came back yeah but there's still a laugh okay. track go on and then high in the clouds <laughs> the jetsons and their society live above them people so it's like empire strikes time. back in the clouds with the jetsons where does land about cloud city yeah exactly it's cloud city <laughs> but where's lando come in oh it's this was what animation in the 60s there were no black people <laughs> wow oh. moving on uh, uh I, I really want to get into this episode, but for our, our fans out there tonight, we're not doing kind of the typical breakdown of the crazy stuff that happens in the plot. Do you guys want to do like a brief high-level summary of what goes on in this plot? Spoiler alert, it's the same thing that happens in every Scooby-Doo episode ever. So I, I had an idea for this. So why don't you give me, Matt, like if you were to give it like a bulleted list that's like five bullets, what do you think this episode, like what are the highlights for you in this episode? Yeah. Uh, okay, it's... Um... A tandem bike accident occurs <laughs> with a strong man and a little person named Max the Midget. It's two bullets. Oh shit! All right, yeah, you got a lot to cover, bud. <laughs> you are really, you are really focusing on, on this bike ride, buddy. Okay, but this, but that's what sets it all off. So I'm going to wrap it up. Here we go. Um, leads to uh, discovery of haunted circus. Okay. Ghost Clown hypnotizes the gang into doing weird shit. Nice. Ghost Clown is revealed about to be an actual ghost clown. Oh, sticks yeah, the landing. Sticks the landing. It was, it was touch and go there for a minute. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was like, on a tandem bike ride, but I mean, other than <laughs> Because that, it's the it character's name is Max the Midget. Like, how you. I, I'm fine devoting two bullet points to that. Are you kidding me? This, the, this whole episode very insensitive yes. to little people. <laughs> Just ago, the first five minutes. That's it. Then he's yeah. gone. Other than that, it's fine. Yeah. There's three. <laughs> it's literally gone. So I. Oh I'm, god. All right. I'm here to fill in the cracks. This is Matt did. Okay. Matt did the Lord's <laughs> oh. work, and now I can say, uh, the owner of bullet point one. The owner of the circus says, when the ghost clown appears at your circus, you might as well quit. Like it's a saying that people have. Yeah, that's the thing that happens. <laughs> it's like Lady Macbeth. Oh, you, you mean Mr. Bombstorm? Um, Mr. Bombstorm, the circus man. Uh, bullet point two, rubber ladder. I barely knew her. <laughs> How long have you been waiting for that? The whole time. <laughs> the whole time. God damn it. I can't even fault you. I'd never bullet three, bullet three, <laughs> bullet three. Dog's knees are actually their ankle. 
So you know how dogs' knees, they bend kind of backwards? That's because it's not their knee. Their knee is in their hip. Uh, the what you're seeing bend is actually like what a dog's ankle is. They say something about Scooby's ankles and, and Oh, when he holds up his fake his fake sprained ankle. Yeah, 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 get, yeah, yeah. Uh, eaten by the evil That's clown. That's actually his backward knee. It's crazy that Aviv just gave us three, four, and five with that last comment. <laughs> it's amazing, girl. Put together. Um, <laughs> What's your four, buddy? He's soldiering on. Is this where the lion named Simba comes from? It's got to be, right? I, I, I pointed that out too, and no, I was like, "Wait, it's, it's well, got to be on. something ahead bef- way before That's... that." Because if this show is going to make a pop culture reference, then it's got to be at least forty years stick. old. Well, that's why I was like, "Is the Lion King like a, like the Jungle Book was actually a book before that's not where it Simba's was a movie?" From, dude. Well, no, I don't know, but I'm saying, I was like, "Was the yeah. Lion was the Lion King?" Even though it's basically it's, it's Hamlet, but was there some sort it's of also a a actual of Japanese? I Dave like was about to say that, so I'm going to let you say it. No, I was just thinking the only thing I could think of was Kimba the White Lion, which was around like 20, I don't know, 10 years before this or so, but it wasn't Simba. So I don't know where Simba comes from. And Kimba the White Lion was, was I think, originally a Japanese cartoon. Go ahead. I, I want to point out the really weird scene where suddenly Ghost Clown just goes, Ha! Sakenya! <laughs> I was like, what? Field. I feel like this is it, but it was like spot on Elton John. I was like, God damn. So my last, like everything, everything the darkness touches is my kingdom. My last (laughs) bullet point is a bit of trivia, which is that this episode is referenced in the How I Met Your Mother episode entitled A Change of Heart. This has a Dave Trumbore connection because that episode (gasps) also- Kate Nope. That episode- Damn it. uh, It it stars someone that I've also met, but uh, it stars Robbie Amell- of Arrow, oh, I'm not connected to him at all. Because you write about that universe, writer. Sure. And he's oh man, it, and he it, it is so fun to see Aviv go out on a limb and then just, just have that limb up. break and snap <laughs> and just see him tumble down that tree. Um. Oh, that was rewarding. That was rewarding. Look, 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 look. I like this logic because that means I'm connected to literally everyone in Hollywood. Yeah. So I appreciate it, and I'll take it, and I'm putting it on my And own. Robbie ML plays a character named Scooby in that episode. Guys, oh, cool. if you are on LinkedIn as you are listening to this episode, please endorse David Trumbor for just Hollywood. Yeah, I just put a bullet point in. It's my fifth one. Just says Hollywood. David Hollywood That Trumbor. and Crystal Healing. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Is that a skill? Is that a skill, Dave? <laughs> It's a, it's on my if you put it on LinkedIn, it's yeah. now a skill. It's a skill. Matt. Okay, it's a skill. Legendary it's a skill. skill, actually. <laughs> oh my god, that was great. No, you you guys did a great job. But now we've got a real test for you. Okay, because this is a crossover, and we haven't really done any crossover aspects mm, yet, right? Mm. Correct. You guys have what a dozen, fourteen episodes of the podcast in the can. How many? That's a joke. How uh, many did you actually have? 70, uh, by the time, well, it depends when this airs. So, yeah, 72, 73. Nice. So, you guys feel like yeah. you're, you're essentially like legal practitioners at this point? Correct. Do you feel yeah. like? Oh, yeah. 100%. I could pass the bar oh, today. What we, perfect. <laughs> what we want you to do, and you can decide whoever wants to take the, the responsibilities. Defense. Perfect. We, it's on record. We, you know, I'm concerned that these kids are just kind of running around without any oversight, without any, like, I don't know if they've been done. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Objection already. Okay, fair enough. Ooh, boy. I don't know what you're objecting uh, to. I don't know who's the judge. Leading the judge. The are. <laughs> I'm the judge. Yeah, it, you, you need to object to something, though, Aviv. Yeah. I object. Anti. Badgering. I'll badger Damn, you. It's not going to go well at all. 
right. Overruled, sustained. Woo. Perfect. <laughs> oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> this is night court. So what we want you to do is, is one of you needs to defend evil clown ghost, and the other one needs to uh, obviously prosecute. And Sean and I, as the jury of your peers slash judge slash executioner, are going to decide whose side makes the better case by the end of it. And we're either going to exonerate Evil Clown Ghost or we're going to give him the dick. Is this what you think we do on our podcast? 100%. Okay, good. Just, yeah. I mean, we sort of do at different, at different points. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, okay. Matt well, is very eager to be the defense. I feel like he, yes. he probably has notes, I think. I do. I hear I do I have notes. notes. <laughs> Those are notes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Uh, I do. I do have a question before we get into this. So before we we get into this, what we need to know yeah. is what are the actual charges against Ghost Cloud? Because I mean, it's never actually established. With because what can you arrest this Ghost Cloud for? Because it kind of just seems like it. a citizen's arrest occurred that wasn't really a citizen's arrest, and he's just being kidnapped right now, statement? a la OJ and like all the shit that he got put in jail for. I need to confer with uh, Judge Ellis. What are the charges being brought against Evil Ghost Clown? Because right now he just hypnotized a bunch of goofy kids that wandered into the circus. So I need I need some clarity on this. So our counselors know what they're arguing for and against. I think it would be obstruction. Wait a minute. Uh, I'm the prosecution. I should bring the charges. Okay. Well, what do you got? Uh, well, that makes us it easy for us. <laughs> yeah, done. Fuck this. Taking a back seat. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'm bringing. Aviv also has declared himself the winner of the trial, so I just... <laughs> uh, no, but the prosecution brings it... Fuck you guys. Um, so, the charges that are being brought are uh, theft and larceny, as well Whoa. as wrongful imprisonment. Wrongful imprisonment and Ooh. or kidnapping. Of? Wait. Oh, wait, who's being charged with wrongful imprisonment? The clown or the no. gang who Harry wrongfully the imprisoned the ghost clown? Harry the hypnotist. I am bringing charges that he unlawfully imprisoned Daphne, mm -hmm. Shaggy, mm -hmm. and Scooby-Doo in prisons of their own mind, as well as Ooh. Fred in a real pr prison of a, of a steamer, steamer trunk. Steamer trunk. All right, Matt. As, are, as a judge, I'm digging this. Those are four, maybe five counts. I lost track. How do you respond to each of those? Uh, okay, uh, uh, my client defeats, uh, pleads not guilty. Oh, first and foremost, great start. Um, okay, so the the first question is, what evidence do you have that he was responsible that's the, for? Hold on. We're any, not even. That's you should have like, done that during discovery. Actual, well, that's what I'm trying to do here, live on the podcast. We got to go no, through no, the, the minutia. I've got about like 50 motions that okay. that you guys have to awesome. adjudicate. I don't know how that works, but you need to respond to the counts first. Are you accepting all the counts that Aviv has brought against your character, Harry the Hypnotist? Uh, I would. I would. I would. Uh, you object want to argue to any the, of them? Uh, I would object to the uh, unlawful imprisonment of their own minds because <laughs> oh. here's what happened. Okay, so here's what happened. Yeah. So these these stupid stoner kids come riding into town. Objection. Can I, can I object? Objection. Okay, thanks. You have no you have no evidence that they were on any uh, mind altering substances. <laughs> Dave, you can't also object. You're the objecting. judge. In this. <laughs> I got and this. Or the, and or. I was just waiting. I was like, okay. can I also object? That's no, no, no. Dave, I, Dave is just 12 angry men yeah. in one human. 
But wait, but wait, that doesn't make any sense because he's very conflicted then because he's, he's he's got the lone descent on one, but he's got eleven other people that no, that no, want to no. get I rid thought, of the guy. I only objected as Aviv rightly did, and I'm going to uphold that. Uh, Sean and I will uphold that, I guess. Uh, Sustained. There it is. You can't color the uh, people who are not on trial with an unfair uh, drug brush. Is how it's okay. That's fine. Fine. Uh, that's all. All I'm pointing out is the fact that these kids are roaming around. Uh, they come in uninvited. I was not saying that they're on drugs, but if you, as the jury, want to come to that conclusion, that is up to you. Uh, I can't say anything about that. What I am going to say is the fact that it kind of seems like these kids have come into town like they wanted to join the circus. They come, they talk to these guys, and in order to become a circus performer, you have to do a lot of very dangerous things. And as we've known from watching this show, these people are basically cowards. So, my client was merely trying to help these people by hypnotizing them to allow them to perform many of the acts they would not be able to do of their own courage, such as high wire walking, lion taming, and unicycle riding across multiple elephants, because the physics works on that. I, I, believe me, it does. Oh, the ladder, I barely knew and you can't prove, oh, And you can't prove to me Counselor, please. that that is not what was happening here. <clears throat> None of them seem to have objected to this. They just kind of wake up. They're like, oh, okay. But no one's like, oh my god, I didn't want to be doing that at all. Uh, so far, how did they, how, how, how did he... From me to interrupt the ramblings of our counselor, but I would just like to point out that he has not directly responded to any <laughs> prosecutions. That was counts. his opening statement. So I'm going to let them all proceed. And uh, no, no, no. that was up to I, you. I, I'm so glad that as judge of this, that everybody else is doing my job. Aviv's bringing the actual... <laughs> <laughs> they're bringing the reason no, no, no. dave is is just uh, doing a bang-up job Great with this i'm just but i'm not, just really I, well, no, no, but this... I want to also point out that matt's opening statement ended with an actual question <laughs> is that the america we want to live in <laughs> you decide no, no no the reason i bring this up is because you in terms decide? of the in terms of the <laughs> uh, the unlawful imprisonment of their own mind, right, right. my argument is the fact that they were not unlawfully imprisoned in their own mind if they were willing participants in the hypnosis. So therefore, they were not being held against their will because they were doing this in order to accomplish death-defying things that they wanted to do while trying to join the circus. Do you have, I don't know if this has been brought to the court or not, but do you have an expert in hypnotism that you would like to use as a, as a uh, what do you call it? Expert witness? Um, expert witness? Expert witness, thank you. I sure do. He's sitting right here. His oh, name perfect. is uh, <laughs> uh, Doctor Hypnosis McGillibuddy. Yeah. So uh, right here. <laughs> I Doctor McHypnosis McGillibuddy. <laughs> He's uh. Hello. <laughs> Wait. How are you? Witnesses already. I haven't made my opening statement. That's about it. You're gonna lose <laughs> us. Just sit we out. Got a witness on the stand. We got to roll with it. You can cross well, examine and you no, can practice it. your opening statement on that. Now, doctor, uh, where where are you credentialed through? Where's your doctorate from? Uh, University of uh, of Phoenix and San Francisco City College. <laughs> was, that the, was that the brick and mortar University of Phoenix, or did, was that the online version? Yeah, the brick and mortar. Okay, yeah. good. So he was the, so was the real one. Yeah. So, doctor, isn't it true that people often? Uh, pursue hypnosis in order to do things that they would not be able to do under a normal state of mind. Things perhaps like uh, helping quit habits or perhaps uh, conquer a fear. Absolutely. Okay, thank you. And most people do so uh, willingly whenever they do this. They are not forced into doing uh, these things. They must be consenting at that point, yeah. Right, that's, thank you. Okay, uh, V, your witness. Oh, Mr... Doctor, excuse me. Doctor, please, yes. 
It'll make <laughs> hypnotist Gillibuddy. If I may make an opening statement. Please. <laughs> you know, as judge, I'm going to allow this. <laughs> that is awesome. <clears throat> I got to rehash to what he said in his opening statement. Um, okay. There is, uh, as I will prove, there is positively no evidence that our four teenagers and a dog intended to join the circus. In fact, quite the opposite. They came to investigate the mysterious goings-on at the circus. And in addition to that fact, I will prove beyond a shadow of a reasonable doubt that, um, what do I prove? Um, that they were not consenting to the to the hypnosis, and if anything, our characters are guilty of being weak-willed. Uh, they are. This is not. Uh, they're not on trial here. We have uh, Sam the Harry the hypnotist, who was fired from the circus for theft. Uh, a count that my uh, esteemed colleague did not even address. And uh, even if you were to question the imprisonment in uh, in the the character's own minds, you cannot. It is beyond question that Fred Rod. Mr. Rogers, please, if you don't mind. Fred. Mr. Fred. Uh, Fred Rogers was Mr. Rogers. Fred was imprisoned in a trunk the size of a coffin. So my esteemed colleague is lucky that his client is not on trial for attempted murder. Now, I may go back to Dr. McHypnosis Gillicuddy. Yeah. I'm still here. I've been waiting. <laughs> I didn't. Is this, is this common procedure in court? This I is think the first it's pretty time. Standard American oh, court. This is yeah. how it works yeah. in court, Doctor. Okay. And, and mm -hmm. your, uh, your attitude is not appreciated. Uh, doctor. Damn. <clears throat> Have you ever. <laughs> Have you ever met uh, the victims of uh, Harry the Hypnotist uh, hypnosis? Uh, no. Uh, before today, seen them in court, I've never. Have you? Uh, so you, can you speak to their mental status uh, when uh, entering into the hypnosis with Harry the Hypnotist? Uh, not having hypnotized them or have given them a thorough review, I would be unqualified to make that assumption. So, for, if I were to tell you that they ran from the hypnosis and when hypnosis was attempted upon them a second time, they held a mirror reverse hypnotizing their hypnotist, does that sound to you like a group of people who want to be hypnotized. I would say that this sounds like hearsay. That It doesn't, though. That's not what hearsay is. You're not a lawyer. You're a doctor. <laughs> Answer the question. Objection! 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 Just because the 
questions are not going my esteemed colleagues wait does that mean he gets to just badger his witness until he gives it's an answer cross. that he wants yeah, yeah. Aviv, 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 answered move on to the next question Aviv as the judge I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say you better be you better be going somewhere with this counsel does it seem to you as an expert in hypnosis that someone who runs from the hypnosis is a willing participant in the hypnosis in my professional experience I would not consider that to be consent no more questions no. I'm done with this guy redirect uh, redirect, Your Honor. Sure. Doctor, uh, on average, how long does it take to hypnotize uh, a person? And what, what exactly needs to happen in order for someone to be hypnotized? Uh, it depends on the, the will, uh, the constitution, as well as also the totem that is used for hypnosis. Okay. Uh, layman's uh, ballpark, just on, on average, let's say. It depends on, again, uh, it could take anywhere from a few seconds uh, through making direct eye contact, or, or it could take anywhere up to uh, 10 to 20 minutes uh, of actual intense focus and meditation. But you wouldn't say, under nor normal circumstances for, let's say, a typical person, that the, the hypnosis is not, does not happen instantaneously. Uh, I would say under most normal circumstances, again, it, it's based on will and constitution of that individual. If it is not very strong, they might be more susceptible at that point to being able to be hypnotized. And how, uh, what symptoms would one show whenever they are officially hypnotized or in a trance? Uh, I would say uh, confusion. Uh, they could be withdrawn from their environment, uh, susceptible to suggestive behavior. Okay. So... As a, for instance, if an individual was... I'm going to again say, if you're giving me an example that sounds like hearsay, this judge might get very angry. I just want to say I love how seriously our counselors are taking this cartoon court. As the judge, I'm going to say this is a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, if an individual is being hypnotized, however, it does not show yeah. any symptoms of being under any sort of a trance for, say, anywhere between five to ten seconds, would it be reasonable to assume that if not showing symptoms, they have the ability to not participate, to look away, to walk away, to not participate in the hyp hypnosis that is occurring? For example, if I were to be showing <laughs> you something to try to hypnotize you and... Are you trying to hypnotize me? The counselor just hypnotized. Are you attempting to hypnotize? No, I'm not actually holding anything, Doctor. I'm just saying, if you did not want to be hypnotized, you would simply turn away, would you not? You could break concentration. You could break focus. Break direct eye contact. Correct. So yeah. So if individuals that the defense or the prosecution rather is saying did not want to be hypnotized and yet took anywhere from between 5 to 15 seconds to show any symptoms of being under hypnosis, wouldn't it be reasonable to conclude that they wanted to participate in that hypnosis since they did not look away or break focus? I mean, it is very possible. It would, uh, obviously, it would be very challenging for me to be able to make... This is an educated guess. I am not saying with a 100% authority. I am not seeing this hypnotist actually hypnotize somebody. I would need to... To have a, a more direct observation to understand exactly how it is that, that they would be able to uh, achieve such. But it certainly is possible. Uh, holding up, uh, everybody knows that uh, holding up a mirror is a standard countermeasure to uh, prevent hypnotism. 
And so uh, at that point, I would have to say if they were holding up a mirror as a way to prevent themselves from being hypnotized in order to counter hypnotize somebody, which is very common in the industry, I would have to say that that does not, that does not sound like consent to me. No question. No further questions. Thank you, sir. You may step down. Uh, counselors, I'm going to need you to focus up here, and I think I, I have two lines of evidence that I need you to address. One is specifically physical, provable evidence that you can use in your case one way or the other from the previously haunted circus uh, in, in direct connection to, uh, what was his name? Henry the Hypnotist. Harry the Hypnotist. <laughs> Harry the Hypnotist. Apologies to his cousin Henry. Uh, so please address any direct physical evidence. I am evidence. in this courtroom. Oh, I'm sitting it. right over here. He's been a problem. Can't this believe whole time. that you would continue to get my name wrong. This whole time. I even, I even have a hello. My name sir, is Badge. Sir, on. again for the fourth time. Honor. If you, if you do not, I'm going to hold all of you guys in contempt. Dave has evidence that he's bringing as a judge jury right now, so let's respect. <laughs> hey, come on! I don't give Harry, a fuck. This is an open I case. Don't stop. You need to stop. Stop. You need to stop. Harry or Henry? Hey, sir, you're going to get in a contempt. Oh, God! <laughs> That's it. You're in contempt. You go. We're going to do this without you from now I've on. I've always wanted to see people in contempt. So, I'm counselors. Talk about this we would request that the counselors focus on two lines of their arguments. One is to address any specific physical evidence that is related to the case. And the, another is to address the unfortunate retelling of the incident from uh, Miss Daphne and the defendant. So, uh, yes, um, if I may. Please. So, uh, I believe I've made my case that uh, there was Damn it. <laughs> un, um, unwanted hypnosis involved. Uh, in addition, mm -hmm. um, it is very clear, the physical evidence is clear that uh, Mr. Fred was trapped in a steamer trunk um, to, and left for dead. Had his friends not come by to release him, to free him, a, a captive, uh, Fred would surely have died. Um, in uh, addition, Your Honor, Your Honor. In addition. Your Honor. The, the defense will... No, I'm not, I'm not letting you object. <laughs> in he did it off camera, just to let you guys know. Yeah, yeah. In addition, uh, the, um, the count of theft uh, being levied by the, the circus owner, and uh, I want to throw an additional count in there of trespassing, because <laughs> Harry the Hypnotist None of this is was addressing what is supposed to be from being addressed right the, here. The circus... And Your Honor, Claude the band is not sticking is to the line of questioning in. that he was specifically I'm directed to address. Physical evidence. In addition, Your Honor, object. The judge is on his phone, not paying attention. No, no, no. I'm paying attention. I am. I'm ignoring this. I'm waiting to hear the actual line of question that prosecutor there was is getting I don't know what here. I'm even saying. Um, <laughs> in addition, uh, Daphne, the harrowing tale of Daphne. Uh, put on display like a harlot against her will, being paraded around with a but with a phallic object between her legs and her life in danger, unicycling up and down those pachyderms moves me to to tears. And so the uh, the the 
physic the physicality of what she was made to do and the clothing which which with which she was made to do it is clear evidence of sexual misconduct by the by the defendant if i if i could interject before i let the uh, uh whatever reuters name is uh <laughs> follow up the de- the, def- the defense counsel yeah that's the one Ooh, you, you are almost not allowed to be judge and jury. <laughs> no, no, no. I passed that. I, I went to the bar. Uh, if you, <laughs> here's the thing that concerns me is that if, if her story is correct, Daphne arrived in one set of clothing, met this defendant, was hypnotized, and then reappeared in yet another set of clothing. Now that to me, uh, there's something missing there that's disturbing. And that may have a you know may have appeared off screen. I believe Maybe I just no laid that around. out, but thank you, sir. Okay, fair enough. I just wanted to make sure that that was clear for the jury, who was also us. Very disturbing <laughs> allegation. How do you respond, counselor? Uh, I would like to address uh, several of the things that the prosecution has said. Uh, the defense will stipulate that uh, Mr. Fred was indeed trapped in a steamer trunk. However, we dispute the fact that my client had anything to do with the fact that he fell into that steamer trunk. There is no physical evidence that he had rigged the steamer trunk to do that. There are no fingerprints. There is no DNA evidence to tie my client to Why that steamer trunk. No, we don't. We don't see that. I didn't see I love that Did this, you see I love that the entire cartoon episode can be entered into evidence as video <laughs> evidence. Surveillance. Yeah. Circus surveillance. I didn't see that on screen. I don't know what you saw on that screen. I did not see that on screen. And addressing what happened to Miss Daphne. The, the the prosecution would have you think that she was some that she somehow was that this unicycle that she was riding was some sort of a, a an instrument that was being used against her when she was the one that got on the unicycle and was riding it around. Oh, I didn't realize that Brock Turner was on trial here. <laughs> Are you saying that, that Miss Daphne was asking for it by the way she dressed? No, not at all. I'm saying Miss Daphne wanted to join the circus and perform this trick where she's riding a unicycle around and merely got into the costume of the circus performers. Startling. Revelation. Bombshell uh, after bombshell here. I'm still not seeing any physical evidence that is tying my client to this. All right. I want to, as the judge, uh, I, I want to acknowledge Dave before we go to closing remarks. Dave. This is Dave as a random jury member, I guess. Uh, I've noticed here that you've got some evidence listed. There was a, an inflatable clown suit, I guess. Some like helium tanks. There was also just like another clown suit. Are you, are you denying the jury can normally ask attempted questions. Attempted murder. People, right? Uh, we're this throwing out, attacking on <clears throat> attempted murder of Max the Midget and Samson the Strongman. Bike sabotage <laughs> in the first there degree. There is a sawed, there's a sawed in half uh, tandem bike as well entered into evidence. Uh, that is that is interesting. We have a strong man that's in the back and we also have a little person who's stuck in the I would like to call Max the Midget somebody get him down? to... Could somebody... Oh, no. Could somebody please get him down? Hey, why can't I get up there? You know, get Max, I don't know. Hey, <laughs> this isn't fair. Somebody get me down from these rafters. Can someone just position a Great Dane under him to cushion <laughs> the fall, please? I mean, does that... Uh, Scooby, do you want to do that? It's a... Uh...
Okay. <laughs> there we go. They're perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I think my. All right. I want to. <laughs> I think my final question is uh, to the to the defense counselor, uh, Rudder. Yes. Does your client deny disguising himself as evil clown ghost and rigging uh, of an inflatable evil clown ghost double? Uh, no, he does not. But as far as I'm concerned, dressing as a clown and having an inflatable clown is not against any law that I'm aware uh, can of. Can I be assistant Ooh. defense counsel as well? Sure. I'm just, I'm just. I, that's, you're you're, you're going to torpedo your own case, but go um, for it. Well, that's, I didn't make that case. That's Dave the juror. <laughs> I feel like my case is pretty strong. Um, there's also nothing to say that the clown was evil. I will enter into evidence of the first 10 seconds of this cartoon <laughs> which reveals an evil fucking clown on a cliff uh, I'm going to enter evil? into evidence weirdly enough as the judge uh, I'm going to enter into evidence the last 10 seconds of this episode where we find out that he was uh, fired from this place for theft yeah Aviv has mentioned that right, but right, that's right. not his clown persona <clears throat> you're saying clowns can't steal no, that is against their clown nature. Oh, wow. I would love to hear about this in your closing arguments. Clowns can't steal. I, I do the, I close, I, the prosecution closes first. Prosecution goes first. How no, many episodes of SCU Prosecution you closes guys last, you idiot. Fucking defense goes you, first. Prosecution closes objection. last. Personal attacks. Sustained. Sustained. Counsel, approach the bench. Yes. You're acting like a little bitch right now. Fucking I'm just chill. saying the guy doesn't know his Dude, own fucking job. He closes last. When council, he has the when, advantage. Council, when you act like a little bitch, your voice gets real shrill. It sure does. Yeah. So let's keep it roll and go back to. I forgot. I forgot what table. side I was on. Okay. My apologies. To My apologies table. to the other council. My apologies. All right. Here we go. Closing. Closing. Closing statements. Closing arguments. The prosecution would have you believe that. My client is some sort of deranged, evil clown. You can tell by the language that he's using. You can tell by the fact that he is using non-deputized members of the community to carry out his searches, which he knows that he cannot get a warrant for. And the arrests of my client was also unlawful, as this was not conducted by sworn officers of the court. We... My client is very clearly being railroaded by the system here. There is no physical evidence of anything that is being presented here today. It is all speculation whether or not these kids wanted to participate in this. They could have walked away at any given point, but they did not. They were not at all hired to investigate this crime by the owner of the circus at no point in time. They came, they showed up, they spoke to the owner. The owner gave up some weird story of a haunted clown, but we all know this is not real. This is not real. So why are these kids here? There is nothing to investigate. My client is certainly being railroaded for a crime that he has already admitted to, which was stealing in the past. This is the state trying to get my client again for something that he has already confessed and served for. All right. Thank you, counsel. I, I, will, I will remind... Uh, district attorney that the burden of proof does lay on the side of the prosecution i'd like to take a moment to review the charges we have which by the way they've evolved a lot so can i get those charges again yeah, too this is why we're doing this yeah because i kind of feel there. like there's going to be some extra charges that i didn't get a chance to uh well, to address whenever you're rattling these hard off. in the nfl 
further evidence of the railroad job that is occurring against my client. Two counts of attempted murder for Max the Midget and Samson the Strongman. This was never established in the court, not to mention the fact there is no evidence that my client actually sabotaged anything. <sighs> this is all speculation. I'll allow it as a jury. <laughs> what will you allow? How does this wait? Overruled as the judge? What are you allowing? What is know. happening right now? Um, All right, yeah, counsel, please concede. Okay. Please, counsel. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, the judge has gone rogue. All right, those those charges have been dropped. Counsel, we're dropping those charges. Counsel, we're dropping those charges. Please proceed with your closing arguments. Okay, three counts of unlawful mental imprisonment, one count of uh, unlawful physical imprisonment, and one count of sexual misconduct brought against uh, Miss Daphne Smith. Um, no, it's not It's not brought against Daphne. She's the complaining witness. You, I, I, obje Objection. Thank you very much. <laughs> On behalf of. <laughs> so. I swear, we do a lot of order podcasts, guys. Great, We're really good, too. We know how job, this works. Uh, great so, effort and work. Who's so really at fault here? <laughs> Who are the real victims? <laughs> and one count of trespass. I think our, I think anybody who's still listening at this point. <laughs> All two of you. Thanks for sticking with uh, us, guys. Appreciate it. <clears throat> so, my client may have been arrested by non-deputized officers of the law. However, these are not the people who are on trial. These are the people mm. who feared for their life. To the point mm. at which they had to use a mirror to reverse hypnotize an evil clown. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't call a mistrial, oh, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the the uh, the binding and restraining of the defendant was only for the physical safety of are complaining witnesses. We have no evidence to suggest that they wanted to be in the circus. We actually have evidence to suggest the opposite. And in addition, there is some, excuse my language, pretty shady shit going on with a certain costume change. I will let the, ju I'll allow the that judge language. and jury deliberate. Judge Ellis, what do you think? He just took a he just took an eagle out of a cage. Is that? I'm going allow. Okay. I'm still gonna allow. Okay, it. no, it's fine. It's trailing an American flag behind it. I feel like this is. I mean, you know, it's everybody strong. likes to have their own victory dance. You know, it's you know? strong. It's a strong cage. Yeah, I mean, he really bookended that mm -hmm. that closing argument <laughs> With the in a way that I did not seem possible. No. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, okay, do you need to confer as yourself with yourself I wanted before to you come back? I wanted to confer with you. I feel like that's acceptable, right? Yeah, yeah, let's do that. So uh, let, let me say, do you think that the prosecutor has made a good enough case based on available evidence that beyond a shadow of a doubt, as he stated in his opening statement before the Eagles, uh, do you think he's made his case? Why Eagles fly? I think that... Uh, I think the prosecution has been able to make a, a strong case. Mm. Uh, I think the challenging thing is is that uh, you know uh, everything for this seems to be very subjective, and I can see a lot of the points that the defense is making about this being something where these five people showed up, were not asked 
to to look around within this area. Ergo, they were trespassing on a business's property during that time. Uh, I also have to wonder about the the, the reputation and, and sort of the business practices uh, that are put in place for this actual circus itself. That A, they would have so many animals, as we've heard about, that have been left unattended where a woman on a unicycle would be able to run over a bunch of pachyderms uh, without any type of an animal Objection, handler pack a pack of that somebody would be a, a pack of pachyderms. Uh, that uh, that somebody would uh, allow a gentleman to go into a lion's cage uh, without any supervision or awareness of what was going on, regardless of mental state or where his mind may or may not have been in a prison. So that is very challenging. Uh, I, I think the thing that uh, that I am noticing here is uh, from the testimony that we've received uh, from a Miss Daphne Blake um, about the sexual misconduct. That seems to be uh, currently right now the, the evidence that we have uh, that is really sustaining this, plus the testimony that we have from the actual ringleader for this circus uh, regarding the firing of Harry the Hypnotist in the first place. I think that pattern of behavior itself uh, allows me to, uh, to understand a little bit about what we're getting into with this uh, specific individual, as well as also his actions within the court today that have allowed him to be in contempt. Can I point something out I'm for a second? I don't know that you can. Oh, well, fuck it. Yeah, I, can, can, yeah go ahead. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All of judge. Sean's evidence were things that he said himself. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. That's how, that's how, this, that's how this cartoon that's how this... court works. What do you think? Yeah. I, did, I did nothing. I'm the worst lawyer ever. Yeah, do you think this was? Do you think this was SVU or do you think this was more Harvey Birdman attorney at law? Because I'm going to be honest attorney, with you, it's leaning more towards yeah. the latter. Where's tiny attorney? It's powerful, hot. Yeah. Busier <laughs> than a cat trying to bury a toy on a marble floor. Uh, tiny to, to me, the, a lot, Judge Ellis, a lot of your points seem to fall into the trap that the uh, the Scooby Gang, as they call themselves, are not the ones on trial here. They are the victims, regardless of any wrongdoings they may have done, as far as trespassing goes, regardless of any oversights that the circus may have had, as far as adhering to you know local municipal codes of circus keeping, um, animal husbandry, and such. <laughs> that's not the that's not the question here. And the fact that we have not only the testimony of Mr. Barnstrom, I guess I guess we had it at some point off the record. Um, not only the testimony about the former uh, employee of his who was on trial, we also have the testimony of four and a half sentient uh, creatures who are testifying against the defendant. Uh, that some shit went down. We also have the defendant not denying the fact that he was dressed as an evil clown and also had an evil clown inflatable suit and the uh, gold coin in question was, I believe, entered into evidence. I think I've, I think I've made up my mind based on available evidence. We didn't land on and Plymouth Rock. The, Plymouth Rock landed on us. And the continued strength of the counselor's uh, arguments. The eagle is still uh, circling, at, by the way. As, as the judge and the jury, then, uh, Dave, would you like to... <laughs> I think you were the judge. No, we've been we're, sharing judge yeah, duties, but sharing. he's also... Oh, judges. Judge, we share... We shared judges between us. Uh, let's just do a simple... I'm Judge Reinhold, and he's just a woman named Judy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, 
Do you want to go by account by count basis? I don't because I can't remember them. Uh, two, yeah. two counts. They, they and I never, a and I, never, I never got a list of all. Those. I never got a consistent, coherent list. There's a lot of laundry. So I, I feel like I think this is gonna be like a one verdict thing where it's like it's just gonna be an across the board verdict. Yeah, he's either going yeah, up probably. the river, getting the dip, or not. Um, you want to do like a three count and do like a like an up or down. Uh, thumbs up for he's not guilty and thumbs down for he's he's guilty or whatever the yeah we should definitely do something physical and video related on an audio podcast I'm just trying to time it with you. <laughs> okay all right you ready I can't see your thumb should we should we should we I just count to three yeah yes uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. count to three one. remember down is guilty and up is innocent one two three. Yeah! Nice. Ah. No, that's nonsense. I would have hung him if we had 12 jurors. <laughs> well, you know, the only person who's going to hang is that clown. <laughs> can we uh, Can we get a statement feel... from the clown? I would love to hear No, he's in contempt. He's not in the court anymore. I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for you meddling Perfect. kids. I've been waiting an hour and a half just for that. Oh. Yeah, I know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Uh... Before we get into our opinions about this show, turns out you jokers on the internet, you ghost clowns of the web, uh, you guys also have your own opinions. And so uh, to honor those and to discuss them a little bit more, we're going to turn this over to a longtime listener and friend of the show, Bobby Anthem, for this week's Love It or Hate It. Bobby, take it away, sir. This week's Love It was written by The Little Songbird on July 17th, 2016. Songbird rated the show 10 out of 10 and titled the review, Helped Change One's Perception of Clowns Forever. It says, Bedlam in the Big Top is up there with the best Scooby-Doo Where Are You episodes for me. Being one of the episodes that impacted me most when younger, Bedlam in the Big Top is one of the creepier Scooby-Doo Where Are You episodes. Took a few risks and is also one of the least predictable episodes of the series. Aside from the motive, the haunted circus setting actually looks and feels haunted, compared to the more colorful and far less deserted circuses once used during their youth, setting a genuinely creepy ambiance. The villain is for me too one of the freakiest of the show. From the look, the voice, the mannerisms, and his actions, helping to change the initial childhood perception of clowns being fun-loving and funny to something darker and scarier. While not being quite as traumatizing as a film and TV clown like Pennywise, which for back then was different and bold. Overall, terrific episode, with the atmosphere and boldness standing out in particular. And our Hate It, not really so much of a Hate It, was written by Michael Elliott on October 5th, 2013. The review was simply titled, Bedlam in the Big Top. Michael said, Overall, this here is a pretty average entry in the series, although there's no question that diehard fans should still get a kick out of it. The ghost clown himself makes for a decent villain, or at least he looks good. I wouldn't say he was all that memorable because he really wasn't given too much to do. He mainly puts the cast members under his spell and then we see them do things that they normally wouldn't do. This includes Shaggy playing a lion tamer, Scooby going on a high wire, and Daphne riding a unicycle. The circus setting was a good one, but there just weren't enough laughs to make this more memorable overall. The story itself wasn't all that strong due to the fact that we pretty much get the same structure over and over. Episode B. Spot on perfect. 
I want to know if we can get Bobby Anthem animated in a classic Hanna-Barbera style. That's what I want. 2018, the year that we animate Bobby Anthem. Yeah, that's the plan. That's where all the money's going to. <laughs> Wait, we're just funneling money into yeah, animation? Pull up a floorboard well, no, and just... colors. It's Bobby Anthem. <laughs> yeah, just specifically animating Bobby Anthem. That's where oh, God. We've talked about I love this. We've anyway, talked about this. Also, also all right. Topic. So, uh, we want to uh, we want to understand from our guests of the show tonight, as well as our, our own opinions about this. We want to know if you would recommend Scooby Doo, and if you do not recommend Scooby Doo, you can give it the dip, which erases it from the annals of cartoon history forever, or until Dave and I decide for a mechanism to, to resurrect, resurrect something from the dead. From the dead. <laughs> uh, so right now, uh, we want to go to Matt Reuter. Uh, we want to thank you again for for being here and being on the show. We want to know. Do you recommend or do you not recommend Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Uh, I highly recommend watching this. Uh, I don't know if it's the nostalgia thing or if it's for any of the other notes that we, we had talked about tonight. It's, uh, it's, it's just it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a little wacky to look at sometimes, but uh, it's, it's fun. It's, it's interesting, and uh, I mean, it's very formulaic. So if you watch, you don't have to really watch one. You kind of get the entire run of the series so it's uh not really time consuming either so uh yes i i absolutely recommend watching awesome thank you aviva rubenstein a pleasure as always sir i wanted to ask do you recommend this or not i highly highly recommend scooby-doo where are you i also want to give it up to my uh my worthy adversary mr matt reuter as a defense attorney for uh the killer clown from outer space um i i highly recommend i highly recommend uh, Scooby Doo, if anything, because of the the pillar it is in the te- in the animated television pantheon, you know, it is it is one of the most you know probably five most important animated series of all time, and um, in terms of what it brought to the nation. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still like prosecution closing argument mode. Uh, no, I think it's great, and 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 it was. Fun to watch it. It's cheese ball. You can bang through all twenty-five original episodes in like a day, um, and so it is su- such an important and, and was so influential to so many other shows that you'd be doing yourself a real disservice by dipping it. Great, great, Dave. What are your thoughts and feelings? Do you recommend this, or do you give it, the, or do you not and give it the dip? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent recommend. Even though it's honestly not one of my favorite like classic cartoons, it is just a classic in and of itself. So if somehow you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen that cartoon, fix it. What are you doing? Yeah, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, recommend. Yeah, there's a lot. You're done. You. you fucked up. Uh, you, uh, as for myself, uh, I'm 100% going to recommend this uh, for all the reasons that we stated. Uh, it is fantastic, even in all of its creepy juggalo uh, <laughs> glory for the episode that we saw Over tonight. sexualization uh, of an animated cartoon woman. Yeah, just a lack of whites of their eyes animated for Hanna-Barbera during this era. Uh, It is still fantastic, and it is absolutely worth checking out, as well as I know that we've talked about a lot of the Re or the the additional series that have been added onto Scooby Doo, and I know that Vive, some of these are memorable for you, and I know that a lot of us have watched them too. So, uh, if this isn't something that was a a classic or a favorite uh, that you loved uh, during this time, or you know have watched it in syndication there uh, since its original inception, 
this might be something where you know you check out some of the uh, the newer versions that they have that are out there. Uh, these are also fantastic and lovely. And uh, shout out to Kate Makuchi for doing such a great job with Velma. Uh, and keep up the great work with with everything you're doing. So, and we'll see you at IKEA. <laughs> <laughs> How do we not go out on that? Awesome. <clears throat> yeah, well, I think we just did. So. Uh, so we want to thank uh, Aviv, and we also want to thank Matt for, for thank being you. here hey, again. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. It was so um, much fun. And, and we want to ask, uh, starting with Matt, um, uh, what do you, anything that you specifically have that you would like to plug? And also, where can the, the fine folks that are listening find you on social media? I want to plug our podcast, uh, Law & Order Special Viewing uh, Unit. Um, you can <laughs> find us on uh, iTunes. I don't think we're on Stitcher um, or any of the other myriad of places you get your podcasts uh come check us out uh we've got a twitter feed it's at svu podcast and we've also got uh our gmail which is special viewing unit at gmail.com awesome awesome uh and can they if they want to find you anywhere in particular are you just like i'm a private citizen i, I am not on any social media actually other than Smart the man. podcast uh Smart man. social media so uh no you can't so uh that's okay challenge accepted okay. <laughs> yeah. Conversely, overshare Aviv. Uh, what do you have that you'd like to plug, and where can the good people I, find you? I obje- objection to this. Uh... <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> Done with that. Um, Keep moving, uh, buddy. Yeah. Please find us on S- uh, at SVU Podcast on Twitter uh, and SpecialViewUnit@gmail.com for my own personal stuff. Uh, I'm at Rambo Calrissian. I'm in a band called Jacob the Horse. You can <laughs> find us at Jacob the Horse. Uh, we our Twitter is specifically so I can tell Donald Trump to go fuck himself. Uh, so that's usually what I'm on Twitter doing daily. And uh, yep, that's about it. Awesome. <laughs> uh, for myself. <laughs> Uh, for myself, guys, I do live improv comedy in Washington, D.C. with a group that is called Knox. That's spelled N-O-X exclamation point. We perform with Washington Improv Theater. And you can find tickets and times with dc.org. And you can find me on the TERS and the IGs awful. at Sean Paul Ters. Ellis. Dave's shaking his head. Every what you got, buddy? Every time it's awful. I'm going to take you to court and sue you to never use those words again. Is that how court Do works? It. And suing Do it. Do it. Awesome. You can, not. you can find me on Twitter at DrClawMD. You can also find me on Collider.com, Nerdist.com, and DaveTrumbor.com. If you want to find out more about this little show right here, you can do so at our Patreon page. Patreon.com slash Saturday Morning Cartoons. And remember... That's morning with a U. You can also find us on our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Follow along on Twitter at MorningTunes. Take a look at Sean's handiwork, Judge Sean's handiwork, on our Instagram page, and keep that conversation going on Facebook. Listen to our free audio podcast each and every week through YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And as always, if you have uh, charges to file against us for any (laughs) grievance imaginable, at Rambo Calrissian. Send it to uh, email, SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. It's been too long. Thank you. Yes, it's been yes, thank you. Great. We'll have to have you guys uh, awesome. on uh, another episode of our podcast, which you were on uh, when we first got ours off the ground. Yeah, so we'll have to time. do yes, another episode. Please. Yeah. And, uh, and I love, I love yeah. talking to Dave and Sean on Twitter. Just, Heck just yeah. Interacting. Yeah. Interacting. Yeah. Just, you know, doing this. Just a plug for Twitter yeah, in general. Job, Twitter. Yeah. We just want to get on Twitter. Shout guys. out to Twitter. You're doing great. Ban those Nazis, but other than <laughs> You're that. You're doing so good mostly. Oh, boy. You're almost there, Twitter. Um, there, buds. Yeah, oh, I just my God. Thank you for having us on. You're so wonderful all the time. Uh, even though we disagree about Star Wars, I still respect your opinion. And uh, yeah, please come on our show soon. 
Yeah, we're going to have to Will bring do. up that Star Wars stuff another time because I can't honestly even remember what we're talking about. So, <laughs> rock and roll. Uh, rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, everybody's listening. Thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Right. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out.